0: This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports
1: Zone Network. Welcome in, happy Thursday everybody. It is Kenny and Heilprin. I was going to say a somewhat jovial Kenny and Heilprin because the weather outside is just phenomenal at least here in, in Madison. Zach, my my run. I was not met with harsh wind today. just nice 70s sunny. Looks like we're turning the corner. Uh, I don't think I can say the word jovial, however, even though I already did, uh, (laughs) because breaking news from about an hour ago, and I'm sure if you've listened to us before, you know, we are a Wisconsin Badger show. We have a lot to get to today that is Badger related, coming out of spring ball storylines and some news and notes regarding both programs. But I did want to start with the breaking news of the afternoon in the state of Wisconsin, uh, given that our show is... Broadcast in much of the state of Wisconsin. The Milwaukee Bucks announced that they have moved on from head coach Mike Budenholzer. That after a a dismal failure, really, at the end of the season, losing to the Miami Heat after being the one seed after a couple years of, obviously, playoff losses after winning the title in 2021. Uh, Zach, I, I guess we start there. What did you think? Were you surprised? What was the reaction? Well, the
0: state of Wisconsin has now fired a coach who won 72% of his games and a guy who's now on 69% of his games. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, can you tell me which one is which? Uh, I think Paul Christ won 72%. He did. He won 72% of his games. I'm going to make that comparison, by the way, that, that came to my mind. I when was I, like, no, when I looked it up today, I was hoping, praying that it was going to be 69% of what, <laughs> you know, of what, uh, of Chris did or what Chris did when I looked up Boone number, I was uh, uh, so close, but. Yeah, we're, we're regular season success and success. Uh, when it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. You have to you have to be good when it actually matters. And Bootenholzer in the playoffs wasn't good enough. Obviously, they managed to lock everything together and, and get it going in, in 2021. Um, just a ridiculous playoff run from Chris Middleton and Giannis coming back from what he did, in the, and then he went on ahead and did what he did in the finals. But these last two years have been failure. And I know Middleton missed the series against Boston last year, and that was an excuse for Mike Boonholzer. Didn't have that excuse this year. Um, you blew a double-digit lead in back-to-back games that you desperately had to have, and you lost as a one-seed, just the fifth one to do it. This is the way it had to go. And uh, obviously it's unfortunate what happened to him during the series with his with his brother uh, passing away, um, which makes this, I think, even tougher probably for the management with it with the bucks to do but it was the right move he was and it was always a thing with him in atlanta too very good very good oh yeah regular season coach and it didn't always work in the playoffs and they had the number one seed in a number of times that uh with milwaukee and never won a title with the number one seed
1: yeah he was he had that kyle corver team when they had four of them were all stars and then they ended up they lost to lebron i think but yeah but i didn't everybody well yeah I wasn't surprised by the news. If if you heard Giannis speak after the season-ending loss about maybe what wasn't done on the court, obviously he acknowledged the fact, and everybody should acknowledge the fact, that while the head coach plays a role in the utter collapses that the team suffered down the stretch, the team on the court stunk. Yeah,
0: you can't miss as many free throws. Like, Mike... Bunholzer didn't miss free throws.
1: No, oh, right. that's a guard conversation as well. Where, okay, can you look at the head coach for some of it? Absolutely, but in the case with Bootenholzer and the Bucks losing to the Heat, okay, down the stretch of those games, Drew Holiday disappeared like, again. The team on the court was terrible, and the coach could have helped, but it's not all on the coach. Like the NBA, I believe at least is st- it's a very player driven. Often, it's out of the hands of the coach, while the coach just can do enough to set the team up for success. I guess my, my bigger thought while I wasn't surprised and in the grand scheme of things, probably in favor of the move uh, of moving on. I hope he's remembered fondly Zach, because he's taken a lot of heat like day to day. Reminds me of garden that way as well, where even after winning seasons and then they start to struggle a bit or they've had obviously a lot of playoff disappointment. Everybody comes out of the woodwork that wasn't speaking when they were winning to then knock him and say he's a terrible coach. He brought a championship to Milwaukee. So despite some of the failures, despite some of the letdowns throughout his career as the coach here, I hope he is remembered fondly in this state. I think he he will be. I think he will be down the line. I hope he is. Not right now. But it feels, honestly,
0: when I went and saw it, when I was putting the story together, it's like five years, that's all it's been? It's felt like forever. Honestly, it's felt like forever.
1: Right, with COVID in there. Yeah. And the championship ju- fe- obviously took a while, and it felt like three years passed in yes. the span of the and, championship. And that's the thing
0: with basketball seasons is they literally take forever. And when, that, when it was all then you know pushed together because of COVID, but I couldn't believe it had only been five years. Um, but they have an opportunity here still with Giannis where he's at to go win more titles. And they obviously think Mike Boonholzer is not the guy to get them to that spot. And again, he can only put, he can only do with what he's given. This is where the guard conversation is a little bit different. He doesn't get, he doesn't actually get to, uh, you know, exactly and and get the groceries. He doesn't, he doesn't go out and and buy the groceries. He's the one that is, you know, he kind of gives an idea of like, he gives them a list, but you have no idea
1: what's coming back to you. Guard is the one that when you say, Oh, but the team isn't as good. They don't have enough talent. Then you also look at guard to say why
0: he owns both of those, right? Mike Budenholzer only owns the failures on a court, which again, in the playoffs four out of five years, significant, significant failures.
1: Yep. Yep. So uh, coming up tomorrow, obviously on these airwaves, a huge day of reaction in that regard. I thought we needed to at least lead with some thoughts about it. uh, Before we get to the Badger stuff here, uh, which again, there will be a lot of, but tune in. I mean, throughout the day tomorrow in the morning, Midday, and then for Grant in the afternoon as well. A lot of reaction to the Bucks moving on from Coach Bud. Big news. Uh, we'll have—I know—we'll have Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel joining the Bill Michaels show at ten thirty tomorrow. So if you want to hear a, an insider's view on it, that's where you go to do it. I don't know if I'm going to cut this part out of the podcast, Zach. To be honest, like I might just throw it out there. And if people aren't Bucks fans, then so be it. You threw in there, yeah, Gardner there. Paul Chris worked out actually, well. and I, Paul Chris. I might have a Paul Chris to Coach Bud take. I think right now, with the football program and at least the reaction I see online, which, grain of salt, it's online. People are angry. If Coach Bud were to move on now and the state not remember him very fondly, let's say the new coach comes in and everybody loves him for whatever reason, I, I think Paul Christ is underappreciated, honestly. With what's happened, okay, yeah, the last couple years were bad but for his general career at Wisconsin. As I've said on this show, Luke Fickle does not take the Wisconsin job without the work that Paul Chris did. And those were great years from 16 to 19 that obviously did not end in, in a Big Ten title. But I, I don't think Paul Christ is appreciated enough, even though he got fired. And again, for winning that percentage of the games, for what he has meant to the program and the same thing for Bud, what he has meant to the Bucks and the city of Milwaukee and the state winning a title there. I think there's a comparison to be drawn between uh, Chris and Bud. You mean
0: in being underappreciated?
1: Yes. Okay, because otherwise... After the fact.
0: Yeah, because otherwise they ha- they have nothing in common whatsoever with each other. Bad in press conferences. Uh, well, it's just, I mean, that. but Paul Chris is Wisconsin. Through and through. That's true. Played here. Was an offensive coordinator here. And that's where, like, a lot of people's first, you know interaction or knowledge of him really came from even though he had been the tight ends coach for one year too. Paul Christ's roots significantly 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 deeper here in Wisconsin than Mike Butenholzer. So I think yes down the road Paul Christ will be certainly well, much more well remembered and remembered in general more so than than Mike Boonholzer and deserves to be even though obviously Bud was a coach for an NBA championship team. Can you name the uh, the, the coach of the 1972 Bucks championship team? Cause I can't.
1: Well, no, I also, and, but no, I guarantee you, I walk out on the street. Probably don't, don't know. Well, neither of us were alive. Can we preface that by saying, if you yeah, were you alive to see road. it, you say down the road. Okay. What you saying? What What's down the road in a couple years when they hire a new coach, when Giannis retires, like will the Lakers will Lakers fans
0: even, do Lakers fans even know who the coach was t- in, in the bubble when they won the, the title. Cause that guy got fired. Fake, fake title. And Nick Nurse got fired. Yeah, no, that's true.
1: That's true. I just three, hope he's appreciated. What, three of the last five coaches that won a title got fired? I saw every single coach since 2015 not named Steve Kerr has won a title, has been fired, which might be three.
0: Yeah, because Steve Kerr's won a bunch of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, a lot of reaction coming up tomorrow and moving forward to the Bucks moving on from Coach Bud. What's next?
0: Are you saying that Boonells deserves to be remembered more than Paul Christ?
1: Don't, not, do, don't do it. Not necessarily. It's not even close, to Remembered in different ways. No, I'm just saying appreciated. appreciated. Like not looking back upon him and his tenure as a failure because they won a title. That's all that and ma- In the end, that should be all that matters. But And if anything, again, one of the biggest Paul Chris guys is sitting in this chair right here to me. Paul Christ didn't win a title you unless think, you count the Big Ten West. You think Giannis thinks this is a failure now thinks what the season was a failure <laughs> I would hope so oh yeah I don't even want to get into that no we won't let's do this it's it's Kenny and Heilprin let's step away I, I we have a lot to get to in regards to the Badgers spring football is over I have a bunch of statements and thoughts coming out of spring spring storylines some of them in regards to what happened on the field and practice some of them just in general about the season we are buying or selling those storylines coming up next stay right there it's Kenny and Hioprin
0: this is Kenny and Hioprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone network
1: all right we're back Kenny and Hioprin then Kenny Zach Heilbron hanging out with you, taking you up until seven o'clock on a coach bud reaction to come tomorrow on the station. Uh, But for now, this is as it happens to be a Wisconsin Badger show. Uh, Zach spring football is over. And I, so last year at this time, I was looking through our shows last year. We were speaking of the most important, the most valuable players to that Badger team. We're going to do that on Tuesday. I was going to do that today, but I think it's interesting to look back at what we said for last year and then also obviously go into to what's coming up this year. I, I think we were right, first and foremost. If I just want to preface and say when we said Graham Mertz was the most valuable, despite what some certain people out there would say, the step between Graham Mertz and other quarterbacks in the room was still pretty massive, despite what Graham Mertz actually did on the field. Yeah. For much of the season. For sure. So that's going to be Tuesday's show. Uh, but with spring football over, I just have a bunch of statements and thoughts coming out of the spring offense, defense personnel. I want you to, to buy or sell these storylines, whether you think it'll happen, whether you think that's where the movement is going towards or the other way around, whether you're selling and, and the first is kind of has to do with the launch, but a lot of discuss a lot of comparisons have been made and will be made between Tanner Mordecai and Russell Wilson. Big transfer quarterbacks, a, a shot for Mordecai to hopefully have a year like Wilson did when he came to the Badgers. Tanner Mordecai will have the most efficient season since Russell Wilson. Efficient. Not necessarily counting stats, but efficient. And there happens to be another quarterback in the middle that I would compare to. Like, Take away the counting stats because he'll have a lot of volume. But if it, like he will be the most efficient, the best quarterback since Wilson.
0: That's a really tough question to answer because obviously Joel Stave <laughs> is the all-time winningest quarterback. And we know that Jack Cohn had a nice... Can we say nice yeah, uh, 2019? Sure. Um, what I'm really doing here is trying to uh, stall until I can go down and see... Uh, Cohn was... E- Efficiency-wise who has the, who has the best season? Because I think um, it's, I know what you're asking, right? Uh, Jack Cone is fourth all time in efficiency. That's what you're, that's what you're saying. Can he be better than that?
1: Yes. One, I'm going to say no. Coming out of spring, you are selling the storyline. I'm selling that storyline. I don't have a sound. I should have a sound efficiency wise. Efficiency
0: wise. He's going to put up bigger numbers than Jack Cone did for sure. But, like, are there are there going to be some more interceptions in there than Jack Cones? what, five or six that he had
1: in that Seven. year? Seven. Yep. Seven? No, I'm sorry, five. You're correct. Yeah. Seven at Notre Dame.
0: With one of those coming in the Rose Bowl off of after him getting hit in the head, uh, which definitely should have been a penalty. But
1: Don't need to bring that
0: uh, up. The flags, were, the flags were only flying one direction that game. Um, so, no, I, I think efficiency-wise, probably not. Um, All right. I'm, I'm buying a, a it. A lot goes into efficiency. Completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions, a lot goes into it. I think he's gonna have a high I think he's gonna have a high completion percentage. I just think there's going to be as much as they're gonna throw the ball, I think there's gonna be some more turnovers. There's probably gonna be some more touchdowns. But I think I think right around that one fifty mark is probably yeah, good. But then when I say that, I look in Alex Hernbrick's like one forty eight point <laughs> six. And I'm like, gosh, but twenty seven but twenty seventeen, no, but like twenty seventeen, the offense was it wasn't 2019 level, but it was pretty good. They were there. That's a top 10 scoring offense in Wisconsin history in 2017,
1: but no, I'm, uh, I'm selling that. I'm going to buy it because even though there might be growing pains to start, there is plenty of time to get things rolling before they go towards the end of the season. Uh, The weather will be great to say one to start the year, but I mean, we saw it. You've seen all spring and we all saw in that open practice, that there are a lot of easy completions in this offense that'll reflect towards Mordecai's stat line while anybody we know could make a certain throw. Like if if Skylar Bell's starting in the backfield and he's going out in the flat, okay, it's not the easiest throw in the world. You have to lead him, but still, it's not as if there are many plays that will not puff up the stats, but will greatly aid his stats. And that's just the nature of this offense. Not to mention every quarterback under Longo for the most part, happens to have very efficient, very good seasons.
0: I don't know if I'm getting soft in my old age here, but Jack Cohn had a hell of a season in 2019. Really? He did. Wow.
1: That's the
0: first time you said that. Most completions in school history. Do you know how much that means? Most completions in school history. (laughs) Third best completion percentage in school history.
1: I've been trying to say this.
0: His touchdowns are okay, but, like, that's because Jonathan Taylor was running him in. Didn't, they didn't need him to throw. Didn't him. necessarily turn the ball over. Fourth best passing efficiency in, in school history. Again, the quarterback history at Wisconsin isn't strong, but in terms
1: of of Wisconsin quarterback, it was a very good season. At, you got to count the rushing touchdowns as well. There were some big highlights there against Michigan. Yes, very big. Two against Ohio State, and the fact in the Big Ten title was it two? Oh yeah, it was two. Cause I know he had the, I know he had the one yeah, and he I ran thought, one in from the goal line. Did he? Okay. And JT oh, yeah.
0: and JT had the first one. Yeah. It was right down at the goal line. We thought Quintez Cephas scored and
1: he allegedly did not. Yep. Threw that to Cohn's stat sheet. I've, I've been trying to say this forever, Zach. Yeah. yeah that no, means a lot. No, no. I, 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 I needed to get it in. Uh, Jack Cohn, who will be working out for the jets coming up. So hopefully that goes well for him. Did he have multiple workouts or was it just Seahawks one? Two.
0: that? How'd that go?
1: Well, I don't know yet. It's it's in mini camps, which oh, okay. are starting now. Okay. So, all right. All right. So the, there's Sorry, the quarterback got sidetracked a little bit. I You know how Jack Cohn does that to you. I'm always down for that. A, how about this? Buy or sell. A, a transfer will lead the team in receiving yards. I like this one. I'm in on that storyline. You're buying it. I'm buying that storyline. It could be Pauling. It could be C.J. Williams. It could be Bryson Green.
0: Yeah. Who, and who
1: hasn't played. And honestly, and you're not going to like this, the only guy that I think
0: of the returners that could Potentially lead him in yards is Chimray DK.
1: That's where I would go with it. I would sell it. I would I would think that DK leads early. Because I don't know if the snaps volume wise are going to be there for Williams yet, with what Green can do and with what I know Keontas Lewis can do. Pauling would be a guy that I think could, but DK I still think is the best in the room.
0: I think Pauling leads him in catches.
1: Assuming assuming he holds on to that, that top job.
0: Maybe Skylar Bell takes it from him but they're both unique. I mean, they've got a lot of options, got a lot of options, but one of the top, one of those four, I think I got a 75% chance of being right.
1: Okay. I'll take DK when it comes to that. How about this over under in week one, five transfers start. Now I have the depth chart up ahead of me and I'll tell you who projected right now. The six could be say, but over under five start week one. Well, are we three
0: wide receiver set?
1: Yes. Okay. C.J. Williams, Will Pauling, Jake Renfro, Tanner Mordecai, Jason Mytree. That's five. And then a six could be Bryson Green. Is it five or more? uh, Over under five, and you can't take a push. Uh, Joe Huber uh, could maybe be one. Darian Varner could maybe be one on the defensive line. I don't think Jeff Pytrowski will be, and uh, Nathaniel Vakos does not count.
0: Kickers are people, too.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm not starting.
0: Over, under five. That's a really tough question. Um, mm, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. I, the five that you mentioned that I think are almost guaranteed to start. And then I could see Joe Heber grabbing one of those guard spots. So it's, I, I could see that happening. And I could also see Jeff Petrowski if they open in a in – a, eh, probably not. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. And And they could also be adding – a transfer or two here that we don't know about
1: yet. That's a darn that, good point. That, Zach. that
0: may find their way into the, into the lineup as well.
1: That's a good point. That kind of puts a, uh, that knocks what I was about to say. So pretending you didn't just say that because you're completely correct. I, I still think, and, and listen, I, I'm in on this EJ Williams hype and I'm in on his career coming up with the Badgers. But I, I still would assume that let's say, Bryson Green is still slower to come along. If it's a CJ Williams versus Keontez Lewis discussion, I would still lean towards Lewis in terms of experience. And, and and we'll see as the season goes along, maybe one of them plays more snaps. But CJ Williams has popped. My yeah, my my only thing with that is and again, maybe it was
0: just spring ball. CJ Williams stayed on the right side of the offense the entire time. Keontez Lewis stayed on the left side of the offense the entire time. The only person that moved back and forth was Chimray DK. So I don't think it's going to be an either or. I mean, I, eh. yeah, they're not going to be going against each other. If that's, if
1: that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get across here. Yeah, that makes sense. That's another good point, which uh, you often bring to the show. The uh, buyer sales act, the, the offensive line will have the program will be the program's best since 2019. Now keep in mind what we discussed on Tuesday, a big, uh, one of the biggest questions coming out of spring is new offense, new pace seem to get to them when they did a really scrimmage heavy practice on, on the day of the launch towards the end, there were struggles and I would assume there would be growing pains as the season goes along, but is the unit good enough or will the offense feature it, feature them enough and make it easy enough for them to become the best. The program has seen in the last couple of years. I'm trying to think like, The bar is pretty
0: low. What the... Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, a lot of the guys that are on this line were guys that were on the 2021 line and and the 2022 line. And some on the 2020 line. Um,
1: The crazy part is, you lose Joe Tippman, he goes in the second round, and NFL people love him. Yeah. Athleticism. Like, centers don't get drafted that high. He goes in the second round to the Jets. You're replacing him with a guy, Renfro, former All-ACC guy. But will he be better than Tippman? I would assume to start not. Well, I mean, the 2020 line had Tippman was a part of,
0: had three draft picks on it with Logan Bruss, Cole Ann Lennin, and Joe Tipman. And obviously, it's a young Joe Tipman and he gets hurt, and so he ends up not playing pretty much at all um, that year. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, just because it needs to be. <laughs> it needs to be after what with all the. I don't want to say excuses, but it, because it's, they're also facts. There were a lot of guys in the box. There's a lot of pressure on them to try and move people out because the passing game was not necessarily as big of a threat as this one is going to be.
1: I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Trying to single block uh, now Green Bay Packer, Lucas Van Ness with a guard. You know, there were also, played some good fronts and there were maybe some schematic things you would have thought to do differently. Just
0: uh, I'm never going to get that. That play out of my head now
1: yeah I that I sent you I I,
0: so when they drafted Lucas Van Ness on Thursday night I I sent sent Ben uh I'm like oh I wonder what they did against Wisconsin or what he did against Wisconsin and the first thing I found was him and Trey Weddick going at it and um it didn't go Trey Weddick's way no that that was one of the plays that like really really stood out to me in that game there were a lot of them but that was one that really stood out I'm like oh that was that was Van Ness okay all right makes sense
1: Yep, which like that's a that's a top 13 draft pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll get you sometimes, but I I I'm proud of uh you for not tweeting that out So you yeah. Packers oh, defensive nope. lineman Lucas Van Ness here's him toasting uh, Wisconsin's offense, which when Jaden Reed goes to the freaking Packers doesn't stop anybody from tweeting those highlights, I which did. was a an atrocity. I DM'd a couple Packers people on Twitter saying like okay, I get it. Jaden Reed, cool plays. But like did you have to post every catch he made on home in that game? Like we all know what happens. Everyone in the state knows that happens. You have to tweet
0: it. When I tweeted out that they had picked Jane Reed, I'm like Badger fans should know will remember the name. I yeah. didn't put it, I didn't send out the I didn't send out the uh, the uh That's videos fine. though. The videos though. Um cuz the thing is Carl had such a great season. Like I don't want to sit here and like oh, I'm bring, so... up, bring up all that stuff cuz it's it's so late and we kind of talked about it. He, made, he was in position to make so many of those plays in that game, and he didn't make them. And the spring he was in position to make so many plays, and he did make them. Oh, yeah. And that doesn't guarantee anything for this fall, but uh, those are some darn good plays by Jaden Reed. And, and and Ricardo obviously would have liked to have played it a little bit better.
1: Listen, I, I'm very in on Ricardo Hallman. And, and, yeah, that was definitely part of it. Definitely part of it. Um, a couple more here real quick to, to go through. Buyer sell Zach Braylon Allen has his best statistical season so far in college. Now, that is after uh, obviously his freshman year um when he came on but he didn't start the season. I'm buying in. Under center, he finished with uh 186 attempts, 1268 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns. Yeah, I'm I'm in on I mean 1200 yards is not a lot. No, he had in a down year. I think he would agree. Last year was was a down year for his standards. He was banged up for much of the season. And he, ba- he, he barely played. 1,242 yards still. Well, no, I
0: mean that, but um, he barely played uh, early in the season as a freshman. He didn't play against Michigan. He didn't play against Penn State. He didn't play against Notre Dame. Oh, excuse me. He did play against Michigan. He didn't play in, I think, three of the first four games of the year. I think that's right. He didn't play in the opener, then he didn't play in two other games, and then he got
1: a goal line carry against Eastern Michigan. Oh yeah, he,
0: yes, that's what I'm saying. He played in that game, but he didn't play in like three other games in the first month of the season. Um, so, and, and really didn't take on a big load until I think it was October 9th against Illinois. He had 18 carries, um, and then he didn't have fewer than 12 the rest of the way. Yes, I'm I'm all in on him having a bigger season than 1,200 yards.
1: I'm in on that as well and even if uh, hopefully Malusi's healthy all season, uh, this is going to rely on his health, whether he is able to be 100% all year. And if he is, easily his best year in college. Even with Malusi there, if he's healthy too, they're going to run enough plays. They're going to get enough carries where I think both of them honestly could have the best years of their career. It's a question of health because that's what has been a hindrance to really both players throughout their Wisconsin careers. Allen's been on the field for it but he was definitely banged up throughout last year. Uh, all right, but before we hit break, I think this is my favorite one. It's the one I'm the most interested in. Buyer sells Zach, Wisconsin's defense will be the anchor of the team and statistically better than last year. It's yeah. tough. Last year, they ranked 10th, uh, excuse me, 11th in the country in yards per game. Now keep in mind, that's with an offense that holds the ball a lot and they weren't on the field for as many plays as I figure this defense will be yards per play 4.82. They were uh, also up there top 20 ish in the country. Uh, Let's say top 20, 15 to 20 in all statistical measures is where last year's team was. Uh,
0: I'm selling that. Selling that. Um, I think the, because of the amount of time they're going to be on the field they will not be able to have the same type of dominance that we've seen for the last decade. I think it's going to be really, really tough because they're not going to lead the country or be anywhere close to leading the country in terms of time of possession. And so you're going to be on the field for more plays. Now in terms of uh, yards per play, maybe they, maybe they can still be a top 15 unit in the country. And that's important. But I think total yards – and all that good stuff and scoring is is probably gonna be tough to keep at the top, um, just because of what the offense is gonna do. And when the offense isn't playing well, mm. like say
1: it doesn't go well against Iowa or oh, we're talking Chip Kelly era Eagles yes. type tired. Yes. Can't move. Yes. So thank
0: you, Chip and, Kelly. And that that all goes again to them needing to find a way to uh add some depth and, and build depth because they're gonna need more than just the top level guys to play. If they're going to have a chance to stay at the, at the level, I think the first team can be throughout an entire
1: game. 100%. I think the unit will be better than last year, but I agree with you. Statistically, it will not reflect that in the counting stats because of volume. Uh, And will it be the anchor of the team? Unfortunately, that's uh, it's going to work hand in hand. If the offense is really good, the defense is also probably going to be phenomenal. They're not on the field as much, if the, if the offense can't pull their weight, the defense is going to have a hard time being the anchor of the team as well because of, like you said, just the, the mere time they will be out there. The good thing is here, they play in the Big Ten West, and their only real crossover game is Ohio State. They also get Rutgers in Indiana. By no means do I think they will have scary offenses. So we'll see, and we'll talk Big Ten West in a little bit. There's some, I have some musings, some rumblings. Well, a big, a big addition in the Big Ten West today. Big addition. Well, not a big one, but like
0: a an important one because uh, he's not big.
1: I would say so. And, and there are Luke Fickle ties to it. And I want to talk about that when we come back. Uh, and we'll I have a couple more to get to talking about the storylines entering uh, the summer and entering the season for the Wisconsin Badgers. We'll talk about that. I have some news and notes as well, some basketball roster news. Uh, and what is what are the Badgers doing with the field and Camp Randall? We'll tell you all that. It's coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin.
0: This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone. All
1: right. Welcome back. It's Kenny and Heilprin. Ben, Kenny, Zach, Heilprin with you, taking you up until 7 o'clock podcast uh, of the show will be posted immediately after. As always, we're back on air on Thursday. Have some some conflicts coming up with the Brewers eventually, but stay tuned to the, the Twitter feeds and the social channels for when we will be on air, when it can be found in only podcast form. Talking about spring storylines coming out uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers entering the summer. Zach, I had one more that I needed to get to uh, before we go to the breaking news in the Big Ten West that shook the world uh, mm. earlier today, mm. yesterday. fire sell Zach, Wisconsin's biggest win of the season will come against the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm selling that. You know when their biggest win is going to come? When is that? It's going to come at
0: home. October. Late October. I don't know the exact date. I believe it's October 28th. Not positive on that, though. Is it October twenty eighth. It is all right against the
1: Ohio State Buckeyes. Wow, that's that's quite the proclamation. Is it though? <laughs> it's May fourth. No, I. Do you know? Uh, that's what the question was. Yeah, one hundred percent. So no, it's not going to be the biggest win. I'm buying. I think it will be the biggest win. Number one, I think I was going to be good. Dare I say better? I definitely the second best team in the West. And I don't know. I I'm not there yet after what we saw last year and given Ohio state lost a lot, but still like, I think it's going to take a couple years before they're beating Ohio state. And I, I want to be wrong. That would be an incredible win. I know it'd be an incredible win. That is the Luke fickle revenge game. I don't even know how much I believe that, but uh, I said it. So so I said it, so I'm going to leave it. That's fine. All right, cool. Uh, oh, and, and and actually, this goes into maybe some of the other stuff we've talked about, but by or sell, the biggest concern on the team right now is the depth at cornerback.
0: Yes, but I, I, I buy that. Though it's not too far behind. Well, yeah, I mean, a punter is... That's a big concern, Zach. It's a big concern. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't want to sit here and say uh, that's the biggest concern. Yeah, I, I'd say depth. I'd say depth at uh, cornerback because of some of the attack, some of the offenses they're going to face. Specifically, the team I just mentioned, uh, y- you don't want to be counting on true freshmen in that situation.
1: Allegedly, if if Kyle McCord's good,
0: which is assuming he's still good. up in the air. Assuming, assuming, or when they face Cade McNamara and Caleb
1: Brown, that's better said. And uh, Eric All, yes, tight end, for and him. and all the other great options Machine that they have as well. there. I think my biggest concern on the team. I'm selling that. I think it's the the pace and performance and steadiness, consistency of the offensive line. Mm. And I think it'll happen, but that is my biggest concern. I think it is by far something that can hinder them more than depth at corner, but injuries, injuries happen. So we'll see how all that plays out. When injuries happen along the offensive line,
0: they and do. That's why you're going to need seven or eight guys. And I think they have seven or eight guys. I don't think they have four or five guys a corner right now.
1: Right. Right. That's and, the
0: difference between the two.
1: And they're still out in the portal. Uh, looking for a guy. Hopefully we get news of commitments soon and how they choose to bolster the back end of the defense. Speaking of the portal, breaking news. The Northwestern Wildcats breaking, breaking breaking, eh, No. Or yesterday breaking. Yesterday breaking. Okay. Recent news. Sorry. I didn't know I didn't know if there's something new. No, Northwestern landed a transfer quarterback. Ben Bryant from a school that is quite familiar from Cincinnati the starter at Cincinnati last year, six-year in college, three years at Cincy, one Eastern Michigan, back to Cincy, and now he's at Northwestern. He gets around. So a, a, a well, crazy sorry, ride. What, what was his start? Three years at Cincinnati. Yeah, but this has a Wisconsin
0: uh, connection as well. Did I, you not know this? No, I knew it. It totally, totally left my mind. He was in the same class as Chase Wolf. It was a two quarterback class. And then Ben Bryant went out and tweeted a offer from somebody else. And I think was way for Wisconsin to get out of it. And they got out of it.
1: Wow. Yeah. So the connection, I, I totally forgot about that. I was thinking about how it, it bolsters the depth of quarterbacks in the big town West. Hey, Fitz always needs a free agent. He's kind of like Bieleman that way. Yeah, he does. They got Halinsky back, but hey, here's an interesting,
0: where did, did Helinsky come from? He didn't come from. He did no. to
1: Northwestern. No. 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 He was a transfer. Right. He's a free agent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, they brought in Hunter Johnson a couple years ago, the former five star who uh, never really played. Was not good. Was that Cle- yeah. Was at Clemson. Not good at all. Now he's a he's a a coach at he Clemson. He? he went back. But uh, here's a just a a weird thought about about the Big Ten West, about the Big Ten as a whole. Obviously, new coaches at Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Purdue. This was after Big Ten media days. They made a big deal that there were zero new coaches entering 2022. And last year, there were a lot of returning older quarterbacks, a lot of experience, generally speaking. This year, quarterbacks that have started three-plus games at their current school, J.J. McCarthy, Talia, who I love, Gavin Wimsatt at Rutgers, and Ethan kaliak Manis at Minnesota, off the legs of the end of last year. The veteran of the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West, now, Yet. Purdue, new head coach,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ryan Walters, new quarterback, Hudson Card. Northwestern, new quarterback, Ben Bryant. They'll still probably stink. Illinois, new quarterback, Altmyer from Ole Miss, but they lost a lot of defensive talent, like top end. Obviously, Devin Witherspoon going, Sidney Brown. like You saw how good that defense was based on what the draft thought of them. Iowa, new quarterback, clearly, Cade McNamara. A lot of offensive talent coming in, but they did lose, like Lucas Van Ness and Jack Campbell. A lot of defensive talent. By the way, Cooper DeGene, the Wisconsin killer from last year, he's being put in the first round of way too early mock drafts. A, a white corner. Must be said. Mm. Uh, Minnesota. Alert, alert. Newish quarterback Is in Caliuk McManus, but he's the... Where
0: did Riley Moss end up going? Like fourth or fifth round?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Minnesota has the stability. They have the head coach that came back uh, and Cali McManus has the most experience at the current school. I mean, it's hilarious. You used the word stability in Minnesota and just ignored <laughs> the fact that 18 guys left via the transfer portal. Right, right,
0: right, right. I, I'm talking head coach quarterback, but, I know, but I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm not going to allow you to wor- use the word sta- stability and, and PJ Fleck in the same sentence.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. But, so Sorry. even no, even the programs that do the m- two most important, probably positions, head coach and, and quarterback, that tandem even the one that has the two returning, they lost a lot of talent off last year's team. Nebraska, new head coach, Matt Rule, new quarterback, Jeff Sims. No more Casey Thompson. The uh, the Jeff Sims era, Nebraska's starting. And then Wisconsin, it's new everything. So If was, you're looking for
0: worse quarterback performance than Graham Mertz last year's, Jeff Sims is your guy.
1: Unnecessary. Uh, he was not surrounded by anything at Georgia Tech. He got a He got a bad, bad situation handed to him. So I'm excited to see what he could do. I, I mean, he's, he's good enough to make Casey Thompson transfer.
0: If you didn't know uh, better, everybody that's listening, you would think that Ben Kenny, like his second favorite team was Nebraska and his third te- favorite team, would be Iowa. Like if you didn't know, if you didn't know that he was a Wisconsin fan through and through and loves the Badgers, you would swear, swear that one of those other two teams was his second team and that his first team was not in the Big Ten.
1: Here's the thing, to be completely honest. This year, Wisconsin is as interesting as they've ever been. Most years, Wisconsin's pretty uninteresting, generally speaking. I would say last year, going into the season, uninteresting. The storylines were, defense might be pretty good. What if the quarterback is good? And then maybe they win the West and win the Big Ten. I'm I'm attracted to to interesting. And they turned into the one of the more interesting teams in the country last year. Well, exactly. I, I'm talking about jet, like the last couple of years. There have not been there's not been a more interesting program than Nebraska in the Big Ten West. Which is that's just what? That's what attracts me to the storylines. I'm interested in them and how it plays out. So that's just I I was going through it and I continue to be surprised at at all that's going to be different. We can project like we could look at last year's performance. We could look at the transfers' performance from previous schools. Mm-hmm. But even as someone who likes to look at the schedule and say, what's the best defense they'll face? What's the best quarterback they'll face and try to project like this is going to be the most unpredictable Big Ten West I've ever seen. Just because who, who in the world knows some pairings are going to work. Some pairings will probably stick. Some quarterbacks are going to have good years. Iowa might not score 20 points a game, but like, en- there are a lot of ways. Do you envision it being like last year where it's
0: all scrunched up at the top? Or maybe because Northwestern obviously was was at the bottom the entire time, but is, can you <laughs> imagine it being scrunched up?
1: No, I don't think it will be this year. But I, if you ask me, who are the teams that are going to separate themselves? I would say Wisconsin and Iowa, but I could be completely wrong. It could be Minnesota, Minnesota and uh, Nebraska. Illinois and Nebraska. You know, it's, Nebraska. it's not
0: going to be Nebraska.
1: <laughs> and maybe even Purdue, no. who, who won the Big Ten West last year, allegedly. They allegedly with your guy. Allegedly. Matt Rule always stinks in his first year. Everywhere he's gone. Baylor, Temple, uh, not counting the NFL. So did Luke Fickle. And then stinks his first year. Incredible his second year. So did Luke Fickle.
0: First year that's as Ohio State's noted. coach. Six and six.
1: First as, year
0: at Cincinnati, not great. Hope yeah. for, for a bounce back. That's that's
1: joking. Yeah, yes. I know. Because yes. of the interim. Yes, But... Uh, But like I'm joking,
0: like it's, he's worked in, he's walked into a slightly different situation in Wisconsin than he did
1: at Ohio state. Oh, and he's kept all those guys.
0: And and at Cincinnati.
1: Definitely. All right, let's do this. We'll step away. I have some news regarding Jacoby Neath and the Wisconsin basketball program uh, and, and where the roster stands. And then is camp Randall trying to change their field to counteract the weather? Huh? We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Kenny and Heilpern.
0: This is Kenny and Heilprin
1: on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, Kenny and Heilprin, we are back. So, some, some news and notes as we wind down the show today. We'll be back Thursday at 6. Obviously, podcast up after conclusion. Uh, to those that listen that way, as always, we say thank you. I uh, appreciate you. I hope everyone's out and enjoying the nice weather this time of year. The uh, Jacoby Neath posted on social media that he would be leaving the Wisconsin basketball program to rehab. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of injuries to move back to Canada, a uh, rehab and pursue, uh, in his words, uh, pursue rehab education and athletics closer to home. So he is no longer with the program. Uh, sucks that, He's gone through a lot of injuries when he first transferred in. I mean, I, th- there were flashes like like he was he was going to play a big role in the team. So that means him and Jordan Davis have departed. Coming into the program will be AJ Store, the St. John's transfer, who looks tremendous. Gussie Alden, Noah Win- Nolan Winter, John Blackwell in the freshman class. And here's what I want, I, Zach. I don't want to do the whole like, okay, is Wisconsin getting that much better with Jacoby Neath departing? This is completely separate than that. But the more I, the more I look around the sport with that ridiculous video Hunter Dickinson posted today, committing to Kansas. Oh, the
0: athletic absolutely killed it, like killed the video, just ran it into the ground and like stomped on its heart for how bad it was. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I have to, I have to show you it. it's it's hilarious. Send me that
1: article. Yeah, uh, don't go watch. It's like viewer discretion advised. Don't watch it.
0: Stomped on him. Called it like a, a five minutes. I'll, I'll yeah. show it to you. It's uh, hilarious.
1: But Greg Gard keeps Chucky Hepburn around, which I, I don't think people have talked about enough. After all the smoke of maybe leaving and given the current age of college athletics, keeping Chucky around, Tyler Wall comes back. You have what seems to be one really good transfer, and then we'll see about the rest. And freshmen coming in, this team's getting better. I mean, they're not getting worse. Like, I'm looking at next year, and, I like, like significantly better.
0: All the pieces that were there when they went 11-2, and two, are still there um, and you're adding to it. So I'm mildly confident that they're going to be better than they were this year. But again, the big 10 is going to be all scrunched up again, maybe except for at the top,
1: (laughs) except for Michigan. (laughs) They could be in the middle. Be in the middle. (laughs) No, I think they brought in a transfer.
0: Uh, Yeah. They got the UNC. They got the kid
1: from UNC. Uh, I love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, everyone, you have the guard conversation. I think those thoughts should be directed towards Jawan Howard especially after the season. Uh, and and last but not least, before we get out of here, headline up uh, many places, Camp Randall is preparing. They are they are putting in a heated field in preparation for late December college football playoff games. And we have about a minute and a half. I don't have a a, a large statement on the matter. Just they're trying to prep for the weather. Well, they're it's... trying to make sure the offense works. It's all. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> it's
0: hilarious because uh, Minnesota, didn't have one on their new, on their field up there. And then when they had to use it, when the, the dome fell down, they had to go out there and use it. And Brett Favre got knocked the F out because his head hit it and it was frozen. And so they had, so they put something underneath the field the next year um, because of it. It's smart. It's smart. It is smart. And, and it's also, you don't have to
1: worry about the field like snow being on it. <laughs> the launch, maybe the launch is making them a little scared. A little little, Uh, skittish. Starts dumping snow. We have to have precautions in place. So that's of note. And they will host a playoff game. I will put on record at some point. All right. That's going to do it for us. For all that hung around, we say thank you. Thanks for indulging the Coach Bud talk. A lot of Coach Bud talk to come tomorrow on these airwaves. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See ya.